Hello and welcome to the Kick in the Creatives podcast, hosted by myself, Sandra Busby, and my fellow creative, Tara Roskell, offering you interviews, inspiration, motivation, and a gentle prod in the right direction. And for lots more information, challenges, and other useful tools to help you get creating, you can go to www.kickinthecreatives.com. And of course, this is where you can also find today's show notes. Enjoy the show. Today's guest is Ian Fennelly. Ian is an amazing urban sketcher, an artist and a teacher who loves painting on location. Most of his work involves painting buildings, which he does so in a really lively and vibrant way. When we previously interviewed Ian, we were speaking to him after the show and he mentioned his interest in art and mental health. Now, with everything that's going on at the moment with the coronavirus lockdown, we thought this was a perfect time to get him back to share his knowledge on the subject. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, first of all, Ian, we are so grateful for you joining us again. This Thank is you. A, yeah, this is the second time we've spoken. It so is. It some, is, yeah. of our, some of our listeners might remember that we spoke to you in episode 48. And right. that was all about urban sketching, which is generally what you're known for, isn't it? But it was kind of after we stopped recording and then we carried on chatting for quite a while, actually, that you ended up talking to us about your interest in how art, affects our mental health and Tara and I we've wanted to approach that subject for so long but we're not kind of well we're not experts at all but we're very interested in the subject so we've been kind of waiting for the right person to come along to talk about (laughs) it too and that that turns out to be you oh that's lovely that's so nice what a lovely introduction that's that's really lovely (laughs) to say that thank you oh no it's well it's so (laughs) such a pleasure to have you back it really is yeah, and you mentioned that when we spoke before that there are five strands to mental health. So being yeah. active, connecting, yeah. giving back, taking notice and learning. So right. we yeah. thought may- maybe we could go through each of those individually, so, you know, starting okay. with being active. Okay, then. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, urban sketching is obviously something that's, you know, come become about uh, very apparent in the last couple of years. And I think it's 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 probably... From a lot of the conversations I've had recently with so many people being stuck indoors, it's just something that so many more people are kind of getting into. But obviously they can't get into it in a kind of a practical, real sense, because, you know, in our country at the moment, we're just experiencing lockdown. Yeah. So so many people are kind of doing it in a kind of virtual world now where they're posting things, you know, off the Internet. They're kind of getting images perhaps from Google or their own kind of bank of photographs and they're they're kind of posting them on, on social media. So the whole kind of urban sketching thing has gone into kind of into a virtual world, which which kind of like it, it just means I think that it's become so much more important for people um, to, to do it because a lot of people are kind of living, you know, by themselves and don't get out you know, can't get out apart from perhaps going for a, a walk or maybe going to the shops and things so the whole kind of thing of, of urban sketching has just become so so important for many many people and um the thing about active being being active when you are drawing obviously you happen to you know physically move around the space that you're in whether you're outside on location and you you know you you happen to make your way to a a square or a bridge or a, a location it could even be a coffee shop so you have to actually physically get there in the first place but if, you, if you're stuck in the studio like most people are now you know you've just got that physical element of, of just getting yourself into the studio getting all your stuff out getting your pens your paints getting your board out getting your source material and just physically working within that space and and you just you're doing something you know you're not just sitting on your butt watching tv you know you're actually physically involved engaged in doing in doing something so you're talking about being mentally active as well is that what you mean as well it's it's everything it's it's the mental side it's the physical side but I, I think that the mental side probably permeates throughout all the strands but this one particular strand of just being active I think I think it, it emphasizes that the physicality of it as well, that you're actually doing something, mm. you know, your, mo- your fine motor skills are actually working, your hands work and your hand-eye coordination is working. So it, it's just really good for you. But if we kind of forget about the current situation that we're in for a moment and we just think about what it would be like under like a normal world where, you know, <laughs> we're in lockdown. 
I mean, a lot of people just make their way out to these locations. So a lot of people are traveling or they're walking. I know I know when I go urban sketching, I often try and walk if I can. I mean, if it's to the other side of the country, it's not really possible. But a lot of the time I'll actually try and walk to a lot of the locations. And then obviously you're seeing people, you're up and about and you're walking into the space that you're recording. So it is a very physically active activity, more so than perhaps just, you know, working from a, a photograph in the studio. You know, if you're actually out and about drawing on location, you're very, very actively and physically involved in the whole experience of doing it, which I think is just really cool. And it's really healthy and it's great and, for you. And you absorb it as opposed to just sort of staring at a photograph you kind of absorb your surroundings don't you you do yeah well I think as I mentioned before you occupy the same three-dimensional space that you're recording mm. so you know you're actually physically involved in this in the scene so when I'm when I'm teaching a workshop and, and when I'm I've got a group of students around me what we'll often do is we'll walk into the scene and we'll perhaps touch something we'll touch the wall or we'll touch a, a railing I mean heaven forbid you couldn't do that at the moment but <laughs> Once upon a time, you can actually walk into the scene and you can touch things and you can actually feel the textured surface of a brick wall and you go back and you record it. So you're actually, you know, you're getting all your sensations to work and you're actually physically experiencing the thing before you visually record it. Um, and that, that takes an awful lot of physical activity. And sometimes as well, if you can't see what's actually around the corner and you want to try and get a little bit more information around that corner in your drawing, you can actually get up and you can walk around and you can see what's there and then you can come back and you can remember it and you can put that in your sketch as well so you can be as actively involved in this as you as you want to but the irony of it all is, is of course at the moment a lot of these things aren't happening most people are just working from computer screens or you know they're working mm. from photographs um, but once upon a time a couple of months ago that's how it used to be <laughs> Do you have any tips for now? Like, say, say we are all stuck in. I yeah. mean, what would you do? Would you use, say, Google Maps, or how, how would you kind of? There's, there's lots of things you can do. You can, you can use, you, you can use Google Maps, but the, the problem I find with Google Maps is it distorts everything. You go on Google Earth, you drop a little man, and you go for a little walk around a city, and then you find, say, a location that you want to record. But everything I find is just really kind of distorted. So that doesn't really work for me. So I tend to use photographs that I've taken myself. So that's what the vast majority of people are doing at the moment. We're doing these yeah. virtual sketches, if you like. Um, or the other thing you can do is you can draw your house. And I've just finished doing a whole series of urban sketching home editions around my house. I've which, seen them. Um, You've got a beautiful house, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah. But it's, that's been great because obviously that that connects with the active side as well because you're physically moving around and you're taking all your stuff with you, you're taking your chair and you're, you're drawing equipment and you're up and down the stairs and you go up to the loft and you can go outside in the garden so you can actually move around um, but you're also experiencing things sometimes the very first time so like a house that I've lived in for you know 20 years you see different angles and you see different shapes and patterns and things that you've taken for granted you know for so many years you're suddenly seeing with fresh eyes and that's, that's lovely. That's really good for you. And go back to what you said before about the whole mental health side. It's so good. It's so good for the soul just to see a familiar space, familiar surroundings for the very first time because you're seeing it from a, a different angle. And you're forcing yourself to see it as well. You know, you're not just passively walking through with a cup of tea in your hand. You're actually stopping and you're looking, say, at the, the hallway or, or the banister looking looking down from the balcony uh, on the first floor or you're going up into your attic space and you you know you're just noticing all the little things that for many years you've probably just walked past and are not given a second glance to and um and that that's that's just a, a a lovely thing to do and it's it's a massive compromise as well because i think ideally i'd like to be off in in texas or or, or tuscany or somewhere like that at the moment but of course i'm not allowed to because there's a a massive panel fights. So the next yeah. best thing is doing a, a sketching tour around your house. Yeah. Have you got any good views out of your windows or anything where you are? They're okay. I mean, they're not the best. Um, I'm not really inspired by views out of windows. I'd rather right. actually do the space inside. Right. So I've done them. Um, I think I've done about eight in the last three weeks of different rooms around the house. I've done like the living room, the dining room, the kitchen. I've done the hallway. I've done the landing, and I've gone up into the studio and the loft. So I've done lots of kind of interior spaces 
Um, I've done a I've done one view of the garden, but I've not done like a view through a window. But I know loads of people have been doing them, and they look fantastic. Yeah. You know, it gives a great sense of inside and outside as well. But it doesn't really do it for me. Um, the, it, the one you did of your hallway, because you've got parky flooring, uh, haven't you? Yeah. I thought, yeah. oh my god, that must have been a nightmare. <laughs> mm. Well, you <laughs> see what? You an age? What kind of happens is is even that you're doing like an interior, you have almost like the same mindset that you'd have as if you were doing like an urban sketch outside. Yeah. So things like parquet flooring become just become the road or the cobbles on the streets. Yeah. And then things like doorways become like a building, and then the ceiling becomes the sky. So you're right. treating the same interior space in the same way that you would an outdoor space, but everything's just scaled down, and a lot of the content just becomes different. So a couch you know, would, would normally perhaps be, um, say, like a park bench or a, a car or something. But everything gets treated in the same way. Um, it's just that it's the space that you're in is it's a lot more intimate and a lot more personal and in, and in many ways a lot more familiar. But, um, so how, how long did that one take you, just out <clears> of interest? Because my thoughts are that when you are drawing or painting or do anything like that, then your mind is so absorbed into what you're doing that it's like... It's like nothing else comes into it, so you you can't worry mm. about anything. You everything that's that's so true. goes out, and, and it's almost like meditation. I mean, I've never been yeah. one to meditate, but when I draw, it's when my mind is totally relaxed. So, I suppose um, when you're doing something like that, I assume that would have taken you a few hours to do. I, I don't know, but that's a few hours of total relaxation of the mind. Mm. So, is that how you see it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's, it's, it's so it's such a good point that because when when you're drawing, you're living in that moment, aren't you? You know, you're forgetting about everything else, and your mind is just completely fixated on the activity of of recording what it, whatever's in front of you, whether it's an interior scene, <clears throat> excuse me, or an outside scene, and and you just lose yourself completely. So, in answer to your question, I guess they take about three hours, but mm. they probably feel like five minutes. You know, right, they, they, yeah. the time just goes because I read something recently by one of my um, all time favorite artists who's David Hockney, who's living in Normandy at the moment. He, he, just, he, went out, he decided to go to Normandy. He'd been living in England for, I think, about 10, 15 years. But he's, he's been doing a whole series of drawings of his garden in Normandy. And one of the things he was talking about was this <clears throat> whole idea of stress and how stress is very much about worrying about things that are going to happen and at the moment a lot of people are very stressed and worried and anxious about big things you know huge big things that we have absolutely no control over like for example when we're going to be able to travel again you know are we going to get our jobs back when's this pandemic going to end are they going to get a vaccine all that kind of stuff and that that's really worrying loads and loads of people but ours gets you to focus on the here and now you know the, the the exact moment that you're in which is why I think it's so de-stressing because you can switch off and all you're thinking about is the shapes and the colours that are in front of you. But you've got complete control over those shapes and those colours. Even if you can't draw them correctly or in your perception you're not drawing them correctly, what you're actually doing is you're controlling what goes down on that piece of paper. So you might draw a line and it could be like a complete disaster, but at least you've controlled it. And that's why it's so distressing. Even though the outcomes might not be great, what you're actually doing is something that's, that's totally 100% for you. And it's not about the much bigger picture of the events that are going to happen in the future. It's all about the here and now, which I think is is, is why it's so good for your well-being and it's so good for mindfulness. Well, we don't it, get a chance, do we, to be present in the moment these days because we're always in <clears> such a rush. Everything's We can't even sit and listen to a piece of music just because <laughs> we want to listen to a piece of music. We have to be exactly. listening while we're doing something else. And yeah. I think that's what the art gives us, which we yeah. lack so much in modern life, I think. Well, as I was saying before about the home sketches that I've been doing, just, just sitting down for a couple of hours and maybe looking at the parquet flooring. And I've been living in this house for over 20 years and the parking flooring came with the house. It's, you know, it's been here for a hundred years and I've always loved it, but I've never really noticed the, 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 the pattern and how the pattern orientates itself and, and how all the grains go off in different directions and also all the different colors and the different tones. And it's only when you actually record it and you try and 
put it into a picture and integrate it into a bigger composition but you really force yourself to kind of to notice it and to see those things and then and then you start looking at other things like the chandelier that comes down and and then you notice all the you know intricate patterns in them and and how the light reflects upon them and how the two kind of balance each other out the parquet flooring and the patterns above and you just start seeing things and, and i think being in lockdown and not being able to get out that much it, it just really does help you slow down take notice take stock of the space that you're in which i guess a lot of the time because i'm out teaching and training and traveling I don't often get a chance to do, even when I'm doing workshops, you know, abroad, I'm, I'm rushing around because, you know, I happen to need deadlines and we've only got so long to, to do the workshop and you've got to make sure everybody's happy. But I think when you're drawing at home by yourself with, with kind of nothing on your agenda because you can't, you can't go anywhere, it does really help you to stop and take notice of, of the things that surround you. And in some ways, they're the things that are really important. And there's no dog poo, is there, in your house? <laughs> no, there is out on the street, no, which we isn't. spoke about before. <laughs> That's right, yeah. There's some outside. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just going to say, what are you going to do? Because you, you're obviously drawing all these rooms in your house. So do you think once you've drawn every room, will you go back and try mm. different angles? Well, what I've done so far, I think I've done about eight interiors of the house, and I'll probably do a yeah. few more in the garden. But I'm actually making lots of films at the moment. Um, a lot of the travel companies that I work for, because we've had to cancel all the workshops for the next, probably up until about August. I've got, I've still got one in August and I'm hoping that one's going to take place. That's in Germany. But everything between now and then, plus two previous ones, have all been cancelled. So those companies um, I've, I've been in touch with and we've decided to make some kind of virtual workshops. So I've okay. been making lots and lots of those. So basically in my studio where I'm sitting at the moment, I've got all the kind of camera work and everything set up. And I'm just going through my my process step by step, filming it, doing like an introduction. Um, and they're going to be available for people to to have a little go. So a lot of the people that can't join me on the workshops, um, the, the live workshops, they're going to have access to them. And then other people will be able to have a look at them as well. And they'll all just be advertised through Facebook and, and, and Instagram. So I'm really busy doing those. I've done about six in the last couple of weeks and um and they're great fun they're great fun it's just it's just what i normally do but i'm having to break it down obviously stop all the time and explain the process as i'm going along because i remember when we spoke before you said you really weren't into like um filming yourself and no. making online stuff so it's no. all it's all a bit of a change for you as yeah, well I've, I've had to do it i've had to kind of yeah. embrace embrace the technology it's kind of frustrating in a way because what i'm best at is is the actual live workshops when i can interact with people um so it's very much a compromise and obviously a lot a lot of it's just being channeled through technology all the time so you know in some ways you're limited by what you can do so i've got um i've got a camera which i can i can stick on a tripod and i can have it hovering above the the sketch pad and then i can just obviously film the process and then have a pause and then film the next process so and it, and it, and it looks great but what I can't do at the same time is stick my head in it because that'd just be a bit silly. You know what I mean? <laughs> you need like a, a proper film crew with several cameras around to make to make that to make that happen. So, but it, in a way, it's good because people can see from the films exactly what I can see because they're looking yeah. they're looking down. It's like a plan a plan view of everything. And I explain all the materials that I'm going to be using. I explain why each step happens when it does and how it impacts upon what you can see within the photograph. So they're really good fun to do because it's like anything. You've just got to adapt to the environment that you find yourself in, I suppose. You yeah. know, life life's changed completely for a lot of us at the moment. So this is just a, a new thing that I've, I've developed and, and I've just done it really through necessity. Yeah. You'd have to get your phone up at one angle and your camera at another. And you yeah. can do, do it yourself. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> the thing is, you don't want to make it too complicated, though, because... <laughs> <laughs> because when when you when you when you're teaching as well because you're explaining all the steps and you go through it bit by bit but then at the same time you're modeling so you're doing two things you know you're actually yeah. creating the piece of art you're drawing it and you're painting it and then you're actually explaining everything so as you know blokes are not great at multitasking so that's two <laughs> things at once so to actually try and make the camera work quite clever that would be completely <laughs> out of my comfort zone i, I totally lose it there so I'm not, I'm not even going to attempt. I'm not even going to attempt that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. 
<laughs> well, you, t- Tara, you've just recently done a big um, lo- a load of videos called Find Your Art Style, haven't you? And it would every video would just take you a whole day just because yeah. you were you were making cutting in angles and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Cut, yeah. Oh. I find yeah. I find that takes such a, a big part of it. I mean, doing the the actual filming itself is about an hour and say hour and fifteen minutes of footage, and it probably takes me say three hours to do. But then there's another whole day of transferring onto the computer, sending it off to people, labelling it, cropping all the still images. Um, That takes such a long, long time. And that's the thing that I find frustrating because if I was doing what I normally do, which is real live ones, you don't have any of that. You have all the social side, you have all the, the good side, you know, the mental health side. And I find the technical side of this is a bit of a downer, really. Um, yeah. It doesn't get doesn't get me depressed, but it's just like something that I'd rather somebody else could do for me. But of course, yeah. I can't invite a technician into my house because <laughs> I get into big trouble, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of inviting a technician over, so that so the next strand that you spoke mm. about um, was yeah. connect, connecting. connecting. So, yeah. what exactly do you mean by that? Do you mean connecting with other people or connecting yeah. with yourself <clears> or? No, it's not so much with yourself because I think connecting with yourself specifically um, it permeates throughout all of them. You know, the whole thing about well-being and creativity, connecting mm. with yourself permeates throughout all of them. But this second strand about connecting with people is very much to, to do with um, when you go urban sketching, it's a very social event. You know, not many people go off by themselves. Some people do, but a lot of people are part of Facebook groups, urban sketching Facebook groups or they'll go off with a a group of like-minded friends or something. So you're often drawing um, with with friends. You know, you've got lots of companions, or they could be relative strangers, but you're connecting in the fact that you're all doing the same thing. So there could be something that you hardly have ever spoken to, but you know that they're they're drawing and they're making art and they're they're responding to the world around them. So you've got lots and lots of things in common, and you can talk about – you know, your, your, your history, your background, your experience, you know, what kind of learning you've had previously. Or you can talk about your materials and you can swap ideas in terms of your paint brands and your brushes. So you've got all of those connections because the activity binds you all together. You've all got like a common purpose, which is to go and draw and record the world, even though we've all got completely different styles and we're all on a different you know, journey of our, of our experience. You know, we're all at different stages of in terms of how long we've been doing it but you've got lots and lots of connections and then once once you've done the physical side of it you know once you've you've actually drawn it you can then post it on things like social media you put it on instagram and then you're connecting with people you know through the virtual world and you're getting lots and lots of feedback from from people as well so there's loads of different ways in which you you connect with people um which i just think is, is really i think it's really lovely such a nice thing now um, I think we're really fortunate that the urban sketching thing has really boomed at the same time as, as social media, because I think without the social media, it would be really hard to organise these things. Yeah, I saw um, as well Airbnb. I don't know if you've seen this. They've started now doing like what they're calling is they're calling them sort of virtual tours, but it's not actually a tour. Basically, they're having people teach things like art, but live through Zoom. Oh, okay. So I guess they're almost doing the type of thing where you would sit with someone but then everybody could talk and they have about six people on these calls but I thought that was kind of almost yeah. taking taking the real world into you know online sort of thing yeah well I'm, I'm doing lots of live streams as well at the moment I've done quite a few um recently um through some of the companies that I'm, I'm dealing with and, and they've they've been great so as I'm doing a live stream we're talking about a particular theme so the last one was all about my home sketches that I've done that we we touched on before and then people can just ping up questions on the screen and we can respond to them so they've been they've been great for people you know and they get recorded and they go out on youtube as well so they've been they've been really good and again it's another way of of connecting but talking about the urban sketching community another great way in which we connect is every year we have a symposium and ironically the symposium this year was meant to be in hong kong and it was going to be this weekend but it got cancelled, not because of coronavirus, but it got cancelled because of all the pro-democracy demonstrations that were happening. So it was cancelled last November. Um, and then obviously it would have got doubly cancelled <laughs> with, yeah. with what's happened since. Oh. So there's like no zero, absolutely zero chance of it ever happening. But it was meant to be this weekend. But oh. the, um, 
the symposiums are absolutely brilliant because people from all over the world come I mean, and you get hundreds and hundreds of people. I think you get around about eight, eight, eight or nine hundred people. The last one, which was in Amsterdam, um, a lot of people come along because they buy workshop passes or they buy um, demonstration passes so they can actually, you know, see people, you know, tutoring and, and that kind of stuff. Or some people just come along and get like a free pass and just join in with all the, the drink and drink and draws and the sketch crawls and, and things. And, and it's just wonderful because everybody from all over the world seems to congregate and they've all got the same common goal, which is just to, to draw and to paint and to celebrate you know, looking at the world and, and, and getting it down on paper. And it's it's fabulous. And that that's the best form of connection. And you make you make so many friends and everyone's just so, you know, generous and kind. Um and it's it's a lovely, lovely experience. But unfortunately it's been cancelled this year. So fingers crossed we'll be able to do something something next year. Yeah, we saw um there was advertised something in Leeds in June. I, I guess it was like a UK thing. We were thinking about yeah, going to that yeah, one. That, I, I'm guessing that won't happen. No, no, I think that's I think that's gonna have to be cancelled, unfortunately. Yeah, that was a that's a, a national one that, that that they 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 have. They have lots of the Liverpool group, which I'm a member of, we have one in, in the summer as well. And it's just like a kind of open invitation. It's nothing like a symposium, so there's no there's no teaching going on, there's no workshops or demonstrations. Um, they're just people, you know, put out a, 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 an advertisement saying, look, if anybody's free that particular weekend, come and join us in Leeds. Um, we'll, we'll have a few specific venues where, you know, you can come and draw. And they normally book a few bars and, and restaurants as well. And, and somewhere indoors, normally we can have like a bit of a throwdown. So afterwards, when people want to share their drawings, they can they can put them down in a kind of sheltered spot where you can get a tea or a coffee or a beer or something. Um, so they're really well organised and and um and they're just so good for people you know and because what what i love about it because I, I mean i've been you know an artist like all my life and up until say five years ago i dealt almost exclusively with, with agents and publishers and, and gallery owners and obviously customers but i didn't really deal with any other artists because i, I didn't really need to deal with other artists because i was just doing what i did and i was doing it you know quite successfully and it's only like the last five years with the urban sketching community that pretty much everybody I deal with now is is another artist and that's what I love I mean I'm still selling loads of stuff and I'm still doing all the publishing stuff but I don't kind of deal with those people now it's all just done you know via emails and stuff so the people I actually deal with face to face are other practitioners and that's a much healthier situation to be in rather than you know what it used to be like um, so I love that. I, I really, I really like that. You know, I, I go to the symposium and everybody I bump into is is another artist or another urban sketcher, and that's I just find that a much healthier situation rather mm. than years ago. Everybody I bumped into was somebody who was buying stuff off me or wanting to publish stuff or you know wanting to deal with things or making a frame for me. Um, it's just a nicer world, I think, to be part of now. Can I just ask, I know obviously we're talking about connecting now because that's one of your strands, but obviously the situation we're in now, it takes that ability away from us, apart from obviously online. But do you think um, to a point disconnecting can also be really good for our mental health? And I mean by that often we are connecting constantly with people and we're always, you know, out and about and doing stuff. But actually being forced to um be at home and be by yourself and in with your own thoughts and just disconnecting for a while do you think in some ways that could also be doing some people good i think it very much depends on the person myself mm. um like for example i'm i'm in a I'm, I'm probably in a good a good place because there's things i can do you know i can still make art i've got enough stuff to keep me going um, and I'm with my wife as well and we live in a part of the world where you know we can get outside we live near the beach um, and we've got a garden so I, th- I think for me personally and I'm going to talk from personal experience this 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 lockdown is, is it's, it's a bad thing in a sense that I've lost loads of my trips that I was so looking forward to I know lots of people are disappointed and I'm massively disappointed but in some ways I, I can I can deal with it because there's other things that I can do, but I think I know some people who are by themselves. I, I think it's I think they're in a different situation. 
And I can only imagine what it must be like, you know, if you do live by yourself and perhaps you can't get out and you haven't, you know, haven't got access to the outside and, and you know, maybe your health isn't, isn't great and you, you, you're frightened, you know, you're really frightened about, about what's going on. So I, I understand where you're coming from about sometimes it's nice to take a step back and not to connect all the time. But I think it very much depends on, on the person and, and what their needs are at that, that, that particular yeah. time. Yeah. Mm. I want to go on to your next uh, thing on your list, which is giving back. Can you talk okay. a little bit about that? Okay, yeah. Um, well, give, giving back is important because it, it's not all about you. It's about other people. And I think it's about recognising that it's about other people as well. So, for example, if we go back to the thing I talked about before that you, you go off on location and you're drawing with a group of people and you know you feel really good about what you're doing you know because you're enjoying yourself and and you're getting lots and lots of feedback but I think also you need to give that feedback you need to put yourself out there and say to other people you know that's great what you've done and and oh isn't that isn't that really interesting how you how you've recorded that or you know really like I really like that little effect that you've got there with the with the tone work and I think it's important to give as much as you receive and you can do that, obviously, by meeting people when you're out and about on location. But you can also do it online as well, you know, on Facebook and on Instagram. You know, you can just like people's work or you can share people's work or you can give people, you know, nice, nice feedbacks on on Instagram and on Facebook. Um, and I, and I, I think I think that's that, that's good because it's a two way thing. It's not all about receiving the, the, the praise. It's, it's about giving back as well and that's that's good for you you know that that puts you in other people's you know situations and, and it helps you to empathize as well and I think empathy is a really big part of, of what I do because you know I've been drawing and painting for a long time so when I'm running workshops I really try and put myself in other people's situations and the first thing I recognize is that you know they're really excited to be on a workshop they've spent a lot of money they've come a long way you know they've bought all the right equipment they've researched the, the brush pens and the paints and the pens that i use and the, sometimes even the exact fabriano paper and they're really excited and you've got to be mindful of that you've got to give something back before you begin by just welcoming them and smiling and and making sure that everyone's happy and and, and you know everyone's in a, in a really good a really good place can I just tell you a little story? Of course, yeah. And, and I love your stories. <laughs> <laughs> it illustrates, it kind of illustrates this point. I was running a workshop in um, a couple of years ago. I won't say where it was, um, but a couple of years ago, I was running a workshop and um, we're down this really little narrow passageway. And there was 15, 15 people on the workshop and there must have been a, at least another 20, 30 people hanging around watching. And... When I'm running a workshop, I like everyone to get as close as possible, physically close to me as possible, so they can see what I'm doing, but they can also draw the same view as me. And then I can teach them, I can, you know, I can really explain you know, how to go about develop, developing the image if they're all looking at pretty much the same angle. So anyway, everyone's, you know, dead excited. Everyone's a little bit nervous as well. And everyone's sitting down and they're all getting their stuff out. And I mean, some of them bring, you know, everything except the kitchen sink. They have so much stuff, you know, thousands of brushes and pens and pots and pans and sinks and cupboards and microwave ovens and all this kind of stuff. And all, <laughs> and all, they do, all they're doing is drawing, but they have loads of stuff with them. Anyway, there was, there was this one lady and she was from um, America and she couldn't get settled at all. Basically, she brought one of these collapsible chairs, but it was so low. Once she sat down, she couldn't get up again. <laughs> and and she, had a bit of a, she had a bit of a bad back. And uh, anyway, she couldn't settle at all. And I could not begin the workshop until I knew she was happy. Everybody else was happy. Everyone was ready to go. They're all ready to listen to me before I started my first um, demonstration. But because she was just a bit twitchy and a bit a bit niggly, I, I just couldn't settle. So I had to I had to get up and go around and pull it out of the chair and get her in a different position. <laughs> um, in the end, I let her sit on my chair and she sat right next to me. And it took about 10 minutes of faffing around. And I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, everyone's getting really fed up and bored here. But as soon as the workshop started, everybody said to me, all the other people said to me, that was so lovely what you did and we're so glad you did it because we couldn't relax either. Even though I thought they were ready to start, they too were feeling a little bit stressed about this one particular lady. Who who, oh. who 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 just 
couldn't couldn't settle at mm. all. So because I put myself out and you know trying to put myself into her position, thinking she you know she is a bit a bit stressed because this means a really big thing to her. She spends a lot of money. She's come all the way over from America for this workshop, and sometimes it's just worth taking a step back and just finding that one person that just needs that little bit of extra help, and it helps everybody else. Because everybody else can then put themselves in that position. Everybody else could think, that could be me. I could be that yeah. person. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. it really helps just to take the time out, just to go for that one person. And how did you get on sitting in her little chair? I was fine. <laughs> it, was, it was okay. Because I, I, I'm up and down all the time. I mean, this, this goes back to the first point about being active. You know, I, I am physically very, very active on a workshop because I'm, I'm up and down because I'm sitting down demonstrating and then as I'm demonstrating I get off my bum and I walk into the scene and I touch everything and explain everything and then I come back again and then I go around and help everybody and often when I'm helping them I actually sit down on their chair and, and maybe physically do a little bit of drawing for them or a little bit of painting just to explain some of the points that perhaps they're not quite getting so I'm I'm actually quite active myself so I I enjoy that I, it's a big part of I mean I've got I'm exhausted afterwards but it's a big part of, of kind of what I do yeah. It's it's lovely though because I've obviously seen you on a few of your videos and um and you're so animated and almost entertaining. I don't think I don't I think that's just naturally you. I don't think you're trying to do it, but you can see how much energy you put into those um workshops. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah you really can. Yeah, well, and it's that's... sort of um very positive vibes coming from you, and you can kind of feel it coming from everyone else because of yeah. that. Well, that's like that, that touches on the same point that we're talking about now, doesn't it? About giving back. Yeah. Because I'm, I am, as I said before, I'm very mindful that people have invested a lot of time, energy, effort, and and money into mm. coming on these workshops. So you want to give something back straight away, and you want to make sure that this workshop that they're going to go on is the best you can make it. You know, you don't want to kind of leave anything to, to to chance. Everything has to be covered for them, both in terms of you know the teaching experience and the demonstrating, but also you want them to be entertained. You know, so you want to be funny and and engaging and, and just you know just have a real a real laugh with them um and humor goes such a long way especially when you've got 15 people that are all kind of relative strangers to begin with i mean some, sometimes some of the workshops are different if it's a holiday workshop everybody kind of knows each other especially towards the end but if it's like a one-off workshop you might get 15 complete strangers who don't know i mean they all kind of know me to a point because they've followed my stuff and they've seen my work but they don't really kind of know what to expect. So they're a little bit apprehensive, a bit nervous. You've got to make sure that you just give them the best possible experience you can in, in, in every single way. And that's something that I'm always you know, quite mindful of. Now, the next strand you spoke about was <clears throat> taking notice. Now, mm. obviously, you took very much of notice of that lady. Is that You obviously don't just mean that, though. What, what else? No, it's it's not really about that. It's it's more. I and mean, this for me, this is the big one. And this, I think, is the one that's most relevant for urban sketching. It's about just taking notice of the world that you're 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 in, and and what you're drawing, and what you're painting, and what you're looking at. And it's noticing those little things. And we touched on that before when I mentioned about my urban sketching home editions. You know, and, you, and you're seeing things with with new eyes. So when you're when you're drawing a scene. Um, and let's forget about home editions, but let's imagine we are outside and we're not, we're not in lockdown. And we're not social distancing and we haven't got, you know, we've got access to airports and we can go to places. So we rock up in some amazing little piazza somewhere in Italy and we're, we're recording the scene that's in front of us. So the whole point of, of, of drawing for me on one of my on one of my workshops and the whole thing that I try and teach is you go through these different layers of, of, of looking till eventually finally you get to the little stuff and it's the little stuff that matters it's the little things it's not the huge big building with you know four windows and, and, and a red door because that's obvious you'll see that straight away it's the little cracks and, and the little um little signs and sometimes it might be like a little sticker that's been put on a lamppost or it might just be um, a bike with a chain that's fallen off or it could be a big fat pigeon that's sticking up on top of a drain pipe. Um, and it's those little things because those little things tell the story of the place and they're the things that take time to be noticed. But when you notice them, <clears throat> I think it's really good for you 
because it means that you're investing an awful lot of yourself in finding them. And you won't find them straight away. It might take you two hours. But when you see them and you then fit it into the frame of your picture that you've been working on, it's it's I think it's just really it's a really cool thing to do. I've actually noticed with this lockdown that you notice things far more. I don't know if you found this when you go for a walk. Oh, yeah. Just, there's a little bird you and you'll just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But it's like yeah. when, um, when you're drawing, if you just take an example of this, <clears throat> take your notice again, and you're drawing, um, and you're drawing a building. So first of all, you notice, you, you notice the shape of the building, whether it's a square, whether it's a rectangle, then you notice the windows, you notice the doors, then you might notice the column, you might notice the brickwork pattern, then you might notice the gaps in between the bricks, then you might notice the cracks, and you might notice the drain pipes. You might notice the sign, you might notice the curtains through the window, you might notice the cat on the windowsill. So all those little things that you notice and that take time, they're like built up over layers of looking and layers of observation. And I, and I think it's, it's, a, it's like what you said then, it's really good to stop and just to see what's around you, the world in which we exist in and how it's all, it's all made up in terms of different stories. Because yeah, you you don't get that with a camera, do you? When you take a photograph, it's a snapshot, and you walk away, and you don't you you know when you've got a painting in front of you that you've done or a drawing, then you really remember everything, don't you? Mm. Because you have looked so hard, and you haven't just snapped a, a camera. Yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. This this links into what we talked about last time, doesn't it? About when you're when you're recording, when you're drawing for say three hours, you're actually recording the time image you're there so it's a record of what you see over a period of three three hours whereas a photograph is a snapshot of time isn't it time stands still so you've only got as much information as what that that camera allows you but if you're actually there looking over a period of, of a long time you know you can scan the scene and you can get up off your bum and you can walk into the scene and you can look around the corner or you can look behind the bench or you know if you, if you take a photograph and I, this happens to me all the time. You take a photograph, and just as you, as you take the photograph, a huge, big, fat, ugly van turns up, you know, to drop something off. Yes. And if it's, you know, some, certain countries, the van is not going to move quickly, is it? You know, in, in England, you can guarantee the van will be gone in five minutes, but in other countries, it's going to be there for 40 minutes because the van driver is going to get out and he's probably going to have a glass of wine or something or, you know, scratch his bum or whatever he might do. But it's going to be there <laughs> for ages and ages and ages. And well, that might make an interesting time, drawing. <laughs> nine times out of ten, I would have photographed that while the van's there. But you see, if you're on location, you can wait and you can draw something else. Or you can get up and you can walk around the other side of the van, can't you? And you can see what's around the other side. And when you're around the other side, you might notice something else. So you can actually you can actually draw that in the picture. I mean, what I've done before is I've been on location. And I've drawn a scene. So I've done like, I, was, I, I did this last year when I was in New Orleans. I did a, a, a drawing in the Garden District of New Orleans. It was a workshop drawing. And as I was walking back, I noticed some of the things. There was like just some of the stuff that was, that was nowhere near my drawing. It was like 100 yards down the road. But I thought that would be great to stick in the picture. So I got my sketchbook out and I just drew it in the picture. And it, it bare no relation to, to what I'd actually seen on location but it was just stuff that I'd seen because what you're trying to do is, is build up almost like a story of the place you know it's not just based on one specific view it's got elements that you might find in other parts of, of that particular area so for example there could be a fire hydrant which you can't see in your picture but if you turn your head to the left and you look 50 yards up the road you might see a fire hydrant so you think, oh, that fire hydrant would be great in my picture. Where am I going to put it? I know there's a bit of space over there that looks a bit boring. Let's stick a fire hydrant in there. So it's not like it's not like a photograph, is it? It's much more personal because you're almost selecting what goes in and what goes out. And if there's something there that you really don't like the look of, like the big white ugly van with the driver scratching his bottom, you don't put that in. But I think if it was a photograph, I think the photograph can sometimes dominate and sometimes the photograph kind of forces you to, to draw what's in it. You know, I feel yeah. sometimes the photograph shouts at you and says, draw me, draw me, draw me, draw me. And, and that's, that's, you know, that's not always what you want to put in. 
Well, you can't also see the thing that's behind it, can you, in a photograph? Yeah. So you, no, can't. you can't. Yeah. Yeah. And also what you were talking about, uh, it's almost the mindfulness thing again, isn't it? Looking closely at everything that's around you so you can't think about anything else because you're so absorbed. Absolutely, yeah. So all these all these strands, they all link together, don't they? You know, they're they're all they're all linked because the, the you know the, the taking the taking notice, I I think is is also linked in with connecting, isn't it? Because you're connecting with people, but you're connecting with the place. You yeah. know, you're making a connection with that place. And I know what, when I when I go somewhere. So for example, last two weeks ago, I was I was meant to go to Texas for a workshop. I was going to go to San Antonio, and I'd done loads of research into into the place. I'd, I'd spent hours wandering around on Google Earth. I dropped my little man in, and I'd, I'd gone up and down all the streets. I'd worked out all the locations. I'd read up on the city. I'd gone on Spotify and got myself a Western playlist, which I was going to listen to. <laughs> I'd bought myself a waistcoat and a couple of check shirts. Um, so I, I'd, I'd done loads of like ridiculous like research and preparation just to kind of embrace the whole experience. So when I'm there, I just hit the ground running. And that's connecting. It's connecting with the place and it's reading up on the history and getting to know it, getting to know the shapes. Because because when I go somewhere, I want to try and find, you know, what's unique about that place? What is it that makes that place different? So, for for example, in Texas, it would be kind of the signage, the Americana, you know, the, the typical the typical American buildings that you see, a lot of the, the um the poles, you know, the, the kind of telegraph poles with all the wires that you see sticking out, um, the sidewalks, the big thick chunky pavements, all that kind of stuff that you wouldn't always see perhaps in my in my in my country. Um and it's those things that I find really interesting. And that that's part of the connection. It, it's you you connecting with the place as well as connecting with the people around you as well. You know, you're learning about the history of the place and the, and the culture and, and just the visual imagery that makes it makes it unique. Well, that actually takes us well onto the last one, which is learning. And you just said yeah. about learning about the place then. So is that what you mean about learning about your place or? Yeah, yeah, very, very much. I think uh, I think I think you're, lear- you're learning about the, the, the place itself. So, you know, you, you, you go somewhere. I mean, I mean, not everybody goes. I understand not everyone will go to Texas. Not everyone will go abroad. A lot of people will just draw in their local, their local space, their local environment. But you're still learning about the buildings, aren't you? You, you know, you're learning about the shape of the building and how the building is, is made up and the materials that have been used in that building. And if you're drawing, you know, a street scene with the cars and, and, and sometimes people do, you know, cafe scenes and with people in, you just, you're just learning about that space and who interacts within that space and, and the nature of that that place as well. So you, that that's one one part of the, of the learning side. But then the other side is is that you're learning you're learning new skills, aren't you? And you're learning new new techniques, and you're learning about your materials and what you can do, and and how things work. And you're looking at other people's work, and you, you're learning from them, and you, you're being inspired by them, and you're learning about their journeys and their stories. So you're learning about. The, ob- the objective side of the place that you're recording, but you're also learning skills and techniques um, to kind of move yourself forward to, to perhaps, you know, try and become a better urban sketcher or, or, or a better artist. Um, so how do you think that helps your mental health, the idea of learning? Okay, because I think I think if, if the better you become, the better you feel about yourself. I think, I think it's as simple as that, isn't it? If you become good at something, you feel yeah. good in your own ability. And if you get recognition from people, you know, so people start connecting back with you and saying, oh, you're definitely getting better. You know, the way you're putting colour on now or or your line work or, you know, the way in which you, you use those brush pens. I can really see an improvement, uh, not in a patronising way, but, you know, in a, in a kind of genuine way. I think you feel you feel good about yourself. I mean, and it's good. It's good to learn. You know, knowledge, knowledge is, is power, isn't it? Knowledge is strength. Knowledge is good for you. Um and what you know? What a better way of, of learning about the world than going off and just really looking at it and recording it? I think it's, it's well, a wonderful yeah. thing to do. It's a sense of purpose as well, isn't it? If you're yeah, doing something like that, absolutely. And, and that's and people need that now, don't they? You know, we really need that sense of purpose because I think a lot of people, you know, just probably spend an awful lot of time sitting on their bums watching telly, and you know, which is quite which is fine. I, I watch telly. Nothing wrong with watching telly, but you don't want to watch too much telly. 
not when there's a sketch not when there's a sketchbook to no film. no far better fill a sketchbook instead <laughs> well i think I, definitely i think as well is um i think now i know there's a lot of negatives about what's going on now but one kind of positive thing is that if you want to learn a new skill, then now's the time to do it because you've oh, got absolutely. time to do it. Um, absolutely, yeah. And there is so I, much to learn as well. You know, there's, there's so yeah. many things you can learn. I mean, I'm still learning all the time. I mean, I've been doing this urban sketching and making art for, well, since I was little, since I was a baby artist. And I'm, I'm still learning new stuff because it's only like the last three weeks that I've actually done any kind of interiors. I've never really done interiors before. So, so I was learning. So all the things I said to you before about you know, turning um, a parquet flooring into a, or imagining a parquet flooring as a cobbled street and imagining a ceiling as a sky. I mean, that was a new thing to me. I'd never really thought about it in those terms, but it was only when I, I forced myself to go out of my comfort zone and do something different that I I kind of, it, I worked it all out. So that was a new learning experience for me, you know, just doing, doing interiors. I think people are, they loved to learn, but a lot of people are frightened to start learning. They're frightened that, well, I'm obviously not going to be any good at first. And I mean, we talk about this a lot, Tara, don't we? That that barrier of, of starting because you can't face the idea of being bad at something. But I've always said, you know, you have to be willing to be bad at something to get good at something. So what would yeah. you say to people that are fearing that being bad at it for a while and, you know, to get past that barrier? <laughs> I think there's, there's, there's always somebody out there that, that's probably on the same kind of journey as you, you know, no, no one's, no one's, no one's going to be completely isolated and completely on their own. You know, even, even if somebody who's, who's just taking real baby steps and just starting to get into it and is really fearful and worried about getting started, you know, there's always somebody else out there who's probably on the same path as you and and everyone's got to start somewhere. You know, I mean, I, I, I've, I've probably drawn a lot of pictures and um, probably more pictures than, than not everybody, but a lot of people. And, and I've done it, you know, seriously since I was maybe 15. So I, I've done a lot of work, but I had to start somewhere. And when I was 15, I was awful. I was dreadful. But luckily enough, I didn't think I didn't think it was. I thought it was really good. <laughs> it helped me. You know, I had this kind of confidence when I was fifteen. I thought I was I was great, but I wasn't. But I just kept going and going and going. And like now, I've got to the point now where I don't really care. I just do it and I just put it out there, and you know, hopefully people people like it. But I still make loads of mistakes. But I'm just lucky because nobody ever notices the mistakes that I make. <laughs> I'm really fortunate. I'm good at I'm good at hiding. I'm good at hiding my mistakes. So I think anybody feeling worried about it i think that you just have to be aware that everyone has to start somewhere and, and everyone has been in the same has been in the same situation i i you know i just started a lot younger than perhaps most people because i know a lot of a lot of urban sketches that have become really good friends of mine i've come at it from often from an architectural background and they often say, oh, we've always wanted to draw, but we've always been forced, you know, to be quite quite technical and, and to be very exact and count all the windows and stuff. But I've always wanted, wanted to be a lot freer. So they're technically very, very good. They, they, you know, they can do the most super drawings, but they struggle with things like colour and, you know, distortion and space and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, but they've, 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 they've almost like started all over again. So they've got to the point where they've been technically really, really good in a certain way. And now they're reinvent, reinventing themselves in a much more creative, creative way. So everyone's, you know, at a different stage. And I just encourage people to have a go. And if you're really shy about it, well, you don't, don't, you don't have to post it. You don't have to show anybody. Just, just do it for yourself. Just hide exactly. it, hide it away. Yeah. And a lot of people do that. A lot of artists over the years have done that. You know, after their death, a lot of artists' sketchbooks were discovered and they were just full of doodles and drawings and they never showed them to anybody. And, you know, there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that because I think ultimately if you're going to do it, you've got to do it for yourself. You know, you're not, you're not doing yeah. it for, for followers on Instagram or for recognition on, on social media. You're actually doing it for you. 
And if this whole mental health thing is going to work, then that's the most important reason to, to, to do it. So if you're going to, if you're shy about it, just do it and don't show anybody. And I, actually, I think um, drawings with mistakes is part of their charm. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I still... I still get people on on face not as much no on both actually on, on Instagram and Facebook I still get people being really you know quite nasty and rude to, really? to me oh yeah I've I'm, I've not had it recently but I went through a space a year or so ago of getting getting some really like nasty comments from from people um, about about my work um, and I think most people have, have had it I mean you know you just do there's just people out there that just I think they just, they just but yeah, they just enjoy putting people down. Um, but it doesn't, That's it doesn't their, in, their own insecurities, I imagine. Yeah, I've always thought that, really. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me at all. No. Um, I mean, I, it's something I could never, ever do. The only time I can ever say something about somebody's work is to be really positive and really supportive. And I, I'll, I'll only ever give, like, constructive criticism if, if, if they ask for it. But I, mm. I'd, never, I'd never give it. And what I do do as well, is when I run a workshop, I have very specific learning objectives. So when I'm, if you like, criticising, I don't mean negative, but just evaluating somebody's work or appraising their work, I always appraise it against the objectives. So, for example, um, one of the one of the objectives could be the use of space in your picture, and I don't mean three dimensional space. I mean flat space. I mean you know blank areas of paper where you don't do anything. So that could be like a really specific thing that we're going to learn in this particular workshop. So when I'm like evaluating someone's work, that's what I'll judge it against. Do you know what I mean? I won't say mm, yeah. that's a good drawing or that's a rubbish drawing or you know that's not very really mm. good blah blah because that's just horrible and and really not helpful at all. So mm. it'll be like very very specific. Because that way people can move forward because they know exactly yeah. what they were they were learning, what they were you know trying to achieve, and then I'll I'll judge I'll make any kind of comment or judgment against that, so then they can take that and hopefully move forward. And I think that's the best way you know for people to go in terms of teaching teaching and learning. Yeah. So what last um, time we spoke, you spoke about where people could find more about you and your work on the internet um which is can you just remind us okay well i mean i've got a website but i don't really put much on the website the website's more like a showcase and i very rarely update mm. that so the best the best thing really is my instagram account which is just mm. ian Fennelly, because mm. i i all my work all my new work tends to go on that and if, if i'm doing anything like i mentioned before about the the online workshops that i'm making in the studio when when they're finished all the details about how people can access them will go on Instagram. And I'll probably put it on Facebook as well. So the Facebook is my Fenley Art Facebook page. So Instagram and Facebook are the best are the best ways. And also for, for, for any workshops as well. But the workshops, they just get booked up so quickly. Yeah, I remember you I mean, saying. There's, there's waiting lists. There's waiting lists for them as well. Because mm. obviously I can, I can only do so many. In fact, at the moment, I can't, I can't do any can't at all. <laughs> <laughs> but you're, you've got your online ones coming up, haven't you, though, well, as well? the online ones are coming up, yeah. So I've just done four for um, urbansketchingcourse.com. And then I'm going to do another four for studio56boutique.com. Um, so they'll... <laughs> They'll be they'll be coming out um, pretty soon. I've just finished the fourth one for Urban Sketching Course, and I've got two more to do for Studio Fifty Six. And what right. what what we're doing with these is um, the Urban Sketching Course one is a worldwide tour, a virtual world worldwide tour with Ian Fanley. So we start off in in Australia, and then we go to Amsterdam, and then we go to <laughs> and then we go to Porto. Then we go to Porto and then we go to uh, Santorini. And it's great because there's like there's no queues at the check-in at all. Um, <laughs> all the flights are completely free. Uh, so people, what people get is, is get all the videos or everything's broken down. All the steps are broken down into lots of short videos. And then they get the actual source, high-res source photo. So the actual photo I was working from for my iPad, they get access to that. And they also get all the still images that are photographed in between each stage. Um, so there's about an hour, about an hour and 20 minutes of video footage for each one. Um, so, you know, for that four, a four package of four, I think there's, there must be like about over five hours of, of me rabbiting on. 
And I try and make it, <laughs> I try and make it really funny as well, you know, I try and crack a few little jokes and things. And, and there's like an introduction at the beginning where I show the completed picture, which is, which is quite cool. That was something I never thought of before. Obviously film directors do that all the time. You know, they, they work backwards, but I never thought about that. So what I did, I made, I made an introduction, but I had nothing to show. And I thought, this is, look, this is crap. Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do, do the film, do all the filming. And then when I fil- finished it, and I've got the, the fit finished picture, then do the introduction because then you can hold it up, you see. And it took yeah. me, it took me ages to work that out, which is probably so <laughs> basic. But that's my learning. You see, that's my learning thing. That's my, that's my learning, isn't it? Have yeah. you got a place online where you actually share more on the subject of art and mental health or, or not? Because it was a surprise to us when you spoke to us about it last time. No, I don't know. I don't, I don't put anything like that out really. No. You've not thought because I think you you know it'd be great if you did a, like a TED talk on it or something like that. I could see you doing something like that. It'd be brilliant. Doing a, doing a what? A what? Like a TED, TED like a TED talk. talk. What's a TED talk? What's that? Oh, you have to look it up. T E D TED yeah. talks, and they're basically um, talks by thought leaders on different topics, and they're usually between ten and twenty minutes long. Oh, okay. And they're really inspirational, aren't they? Yeah. They're really yeah. yeah. People do it in person, so they'll go on stage. Um, but then they're recorded and put, put on uh, online. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. oh, you should definitely do that. <laughs> right, right. That would be great, yeah. What I'd love yeah. to do, actually, is is to do like, um, like a sketchbook tour. So, I mean, I do a lot of sketchbook tours for, for different companies where I just literally flick through the pages and talk about, you know, all the experiences and all the funny little stories. And that that would be a really good thing to do at the same time. So as I'm talking, I can actually flick through lots of images from a sketchbook and talk about the mental health aspects, you know, talk about keeping active, connecting, giving back, taking notice and learning. Because I think every sketch, every sketch I could, you can talk about all those five different elements within every Mm. single sketch, you know, because in every sketch I do, I'm obviously taking notice because that's, that's the main thing. I'm actually learning new things because every time I do a picture, I'm hopefully giving back by, sharing my stuff and getting you know responses and connecting with people by you know putting it out there on social media and I'm being active not very active at the moment (laughs) (laughs) but mental health I think it's it's been swept under the carpet hasn't it for so many years and I've always said you know if somebody's got a broken leg and they've got a cast on it's easy to be sympathetic but when you can't sort of see something it's harder isn't it to understand so you know I think I think things like this are so needed. Um, people need to talk about it and, and you know, help people perhaps understand ways of making things a little bit better in any yeah. way. And and well, I certainly, for one thing, art is a huge um, way of being able to do that for some people. I mean, others, they might not particularly want to do art, but I think hobbies, any kind of hobby in general is good for you. I mean, what, what I find all the time when I'm, when I'm outside drawing and I think we touched upon this last time about, you know, how you interact so much with the public. I don't mean mm. the people that you go drawing with, but just, you know, complete strangers, often often yeah. shoppers and, you know, people walking past. Um, so many of them come up to you and they're, they're fascinated by what you're doing and they often say, oh, you know, I'd love to do this. And I say, well, we'll, we'll do it. Oh, but I'm no mm. good. I've not done it since I was at school or I was told I wasn't very good at school or I haven't got the confidence. Or And this, I think there's so many people that would potentially love to do it but they just put off. And, and I think it's it's because they wouldn't know where to begin. How do you start? Or I'm no mm. good. I get judged. Or is it a competition? Or And, and, and I think that's, that's the saddest part. It's Because I, th- I think, it, for me, it seems easy to get started. <clears throat> but then I'm taking everything for granted. But for other people, it must be quite daunting if you haven't done it. But you want to do it. You know, they've maybe not done it for 20 years since they were at school. And they wouldn't know where to begin. And they think they're going to be the worst ones because probably their experience at school is that you're always being judged. So they think they come along to an urban sketching group. They're going to be judged. You know, someone's going to come up to them and say, you're not very good. Don't Please don't come next week. But it's so not about that. It's it's just not about making any form of judgment on anybody. It's just about having a go, getting stuck in, making friends, making connections. And I think that, that's I think that's quite sad. I've had yeah. those conversations so many times with people and I've said, look, just see, is a pen, have a pen, go and take that pen away, go and go do a little drawing yourself. Um, yeah. And it doesn't matter, like you say, there is, it's, 
I think the the key point to this whole thing is that it's got to be more about the process and forget about what the result is. It's about how you felt when you were putting those lines down and how absorbed you were in the process. It doesn't matter if it was a the result wasn't what you wanted it to be. The point is you did it, you know, and that's yeah. that's where, you know, that's where I think you can't fail because yeah. you did it. You can only fail if you don't try. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point you just said there because that thing about the process, all these five elements, you know, being active, connecting, giving back, taking notice and learning, they're all about the process, aren't they? You know, the, yeah. the, the product, the product, okay, the products, you know, you could, you could argue that's about kind of like, I suppose in some ways connecting when you want to show other people what you've, what you've done and maybe giving back. But in some ways, once the, once the, the product's done and finished, the next important thing is, is when you do it again, isn't it? When you start all over again, um, yeah. you know, when you start this process once more and then the next one, and then slowly you're going to get better and better and better. And then hopefully you'll, you'll feel better about it. And um, the more you do, you know, the, the, the better you be, you're going to become. Well, yeah, thank you ever so much for taking the time to talk to us today. We really appreciate it. I think lots of great advice there for people. Oh, you're very welcome. Fascinating subject and so lovely to actually find someone who who really thinks deeply about about it. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure our listeners will have really enjoyed this. this Do you know what? I don't, honestly, I don't really think deeply about it. I just make it all up as I go along. <laughs> Don't give it away. It's like, it's like my art in my workshops. I just genuinely make it all up as I go along. I have a, I have a, I have a, I have a plan. I have a plan. Like I've got a very kind of rigid plan, but I never look at the plan. I just, you, just, you, just like, you wing it. You know, you, I've got to the point now where I've done it long. I've done it for long enough. I can, I can wing things. But well, I that think is I, planning, though. That is pre-planning that you just yeah. embedded. Uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I think, I think as you, as you said, though, I think it is, it, it, it is a really important subject, especially at the moment. You know, the way the world has has, has gone, and so many, yeah. so many people are are probably struggling. I mean, I've been told this by a few, a few of my friends out there who said that a lot of their friends are. Are struggling and, and things like the live streams are really important and you know being able to share things on the Facebook groups and on and on social media is um you know is, is really important. It's like a, it's like a bit of a lifeline for them, isn't it? That you can you know you can create visual imagery and you can share it and people can respond to it. And I've I've got lots of people that loads of people that I know who um you know copy they copy my work and, and I'm I'm more than happy for them to do it. I'm really happy for them for them to do that. You know, they they've been on my workshops before and they picked up some tips and I now post stuff online and, and they have a little go doing it themselves. It's and it's great and they're doing it in all sorts of little different Facebook groups at the moment. So I'm really happy to do that because that again is like me just I suppose giving back, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I suppose as long as I don't send then pretend it's it's um, yours and then sell it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah well you know there's nothing you can do about that no you can't, you can't control <laughs> there that isn't. there's only so there many isn't. things you can control isn't there yeah. Yeah. yeah well i'll tell you yeah. what ian it has been a pleasure to chat to you again today thank yeah. you so much and um thank yeah you. hopefully we'll ch- we'll chat again in the future okay all right that's great thank you so much lovely talking to you both take care <laughs> take care then okay bye-bye. bye 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 Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and if you did, perhaps you'd like to share it and leave a review for us on iTunes. 